Hey there, e-commerce enthusiasts. Let me tell you about a game changer in shipping, ShipStation. It's the ultimate platform for simplifying your shipping process. With ShipStation, you can easily import, manage, and ship your orders in no time. It integrates seamlessly with your favorite e-commerce platforms and carriers, ensuring a smooth workflow. Gain valuable insights with their powerful analytics and reporting tools. Say goodbye to shipping headaches. Visit foxcitiesmm.com slash ship and level up your shipping game today. You're listening to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem, your bi-weekly dose of true crime history in a small rural community of Wisconsin. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. I'm Eric Walterkins. I'm Gavin Schmidt. And Gavin, take her away. All right. I was going to give you a different story this week, but I'm going to give you a different story than the story that I was going to give you. So does this mean we're still back in the 1800s? Because no. you promised everybody you'd come out of the 1800s. No, 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 no. That promise, <laughs> I, ke- I kept that promise. <laughs> okay, good. I kept that promise. But uh, I was going to give you another story out of the actual Fog City's Murder and Mayhem book, which I encourage people to pick up and, and buy um, or get for free from your library. I'm not offended. But I, I had time to actually write another one in between, so... You know, so make, he's, he's so stocking that. that one away for... Yeah, you know, yeah, I can always go back to the book. So instead, we've got the story of Wayne Pratt. So Wayne Pratt is originally from Fond du Lac. He later moves to Nina. As a young man, he's engaged to Marie Webb. Um, at the time of their wedding, he had just moved from working for a car dealership in Oshkosh to operating his very own service station, and he has a young son named Mark. This is 1963. Wow, this is not long ago at all. No, see, we really moved up. Yeah. 1963. So I picture this... This young guy, fairly uh, newlywed, a couple years, you know, newlywed. Uh, he has a young son, and he has a service station between Oshkosh and Nina. Um, it's on what we now call Old Highway 41, okay. uh, kind of by uh, US 45. And uh, I don't know how to explain Old Highway 41 to people if they don't know. I don't know, know Old F- Highway 41 either, Okay, so. Okay, so obviously you know 41. Obviously. Yeah. Well, before 41 was like this big interstate freeway thing, it was actually just like more small, like... Okay, so going through Kakana and Little Shoot, 41 was double O. Okay. Or double O was 41, whatever. Right, right. And that's why there used to be a bunch of crappy old motels on that road, because that okay. used to be the main highway. That makes sense. And then it curves around, and going through Nina, Green Bay Road was old 41, which is why there's crappy motels and diners on Green Bay Road in Nina. No offense to the crappy <laughs> motels and diners. Um, so I, I don't know exactly where that would be. Between Nina and Oshkosh, but I mean, just picture Green Bay Road extending, mm. you know, south. Are we assuming the road doesn't exist anymore? It may, it might still exist. Or I don't I, know. I wonder if it just, if Green Bay Road kind of just bent around in where 41 is now, used to actually be. Or yeah. do you know that there's an old 41? I honestly road? don't know because I mean, it could, it might be a frontage road now or something. I don't know. I've, yeah. n- I've never taken that back road between Nina and Oshka. So maybe there's, maybe it's still there. Anyway, this, we're way off. We're yeah, way, way, off, way off. Okay. So Wayne Pratt, he's 24 years old. He's home watching television. It's June 13th, 1963. 
a white car, either a Chevy or a Pontiac, we're not sure, pulls up to his service station, um, again, which is between Nina and Oshkosh. Between his house and the service station, it's only about 50 to 100 feet. I mean, it's on the same property. It's very close. So when he sees somebody pull up, he just has to say, okay, take a break from the TV, walk over to the service station. Uh, for people who don't know, you used to have to actually have a guy come out and pump your gas yeah, for you and stuff. So um, he couldn't just let the gas station run itself all night. He had to run over and do it. Within minutes, Pratt was dead. He was the victim of a vicious attack in which he was stabbed 53 times. Wow. 53 times in the back and a little bit on his left side. 12 of the stab wounds punctured his lungs. Both of his lungs collapsed. Some of the stabs were as much as four inches deep. This is intense. There was also a laceration on his head. Uh, The coroner believed that this came after the stabbing, but the autopsy instead said, well, you know, this was probably what knocked him out before they started stabbing him in the back. They thought he might have been hit in the head with a snow shovel. He was found face down on the floor in the storage room of the gas station. He was partially covered with a blanket, the same kind of blanket that you would use to move furniture with. Battery charger and a stack of tires had been knocked over. So it wasn't a huge scuffle, but there was a little bit of a fight because they at least knocked a few things over in the Mm -hmm. process. Pratt's wife, she went to the station after noticing that the lights hadn't been turned on. She thought that was really weird that he had gone over there, didn't bother to turn the lights on. So she goes over not too long after the fact. Of course, uh, what she finds is not so great. You know, she finds finds her husband. (laughs) Stabbed 53 times. Stabbed 53 times. Um, It's quite quite a mess. Um, We don't have photos of that, but you can kind of imagine just how how bloody that probably was. She notifies the sheriff's department. A manhunt goes out for the white car, but they weren't able to find it. A train running out of Nina was searched. Two men were found riding in the boxcars, <laughs> but they were not considered suspects. Another man was wanted after police learned that he escaped from the Oshkosh Asylum just the day before and had been seen around Nina using worthless checks to buy dinner. Um, but that 37-year-old man... Uh, was not considered a suspect after they looked into it. He had been committed to the asylum for being an inebriate, and I don't know what that means. It sounds to me like he was committed for drunkenness. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me, too. Um, So, uh, which is possible. People were committed for some strange things back then. That's that was, he, that was what they said. He was committed for being an inebriate. The motive was initially believed to be robbery. The register would usually contain about $200, but it only had $2 in random change. A note by the register showed that 243 gallons of gas had been sold that day, which really doesn't sound like a lot, but I mean, this is like a small one-man operation. Police later went back and they decided that, no, it wouldn't have been $200. It would have only probably been $60 that was stolen. So if robbery was the motive, they didn't really get very much. Well, and stabbing somebody 53 times, that doesn't sound like a robbery. I I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. As part of their investigation, the police removed the service station door. They tested it for fingerprints. Anybody who had been there that day was asked to come in to get their fingerprints tested so they could be eliminated as a suspect. Two officers were assigned to the case full time. July 2nd, this is about two weeks later, four Milwaukee gas station robbers were caught on the border between Racine and Kenosha County. The men were all from the Chicago area. 
In their car were two guns and two knives. Authorities looked into if these men could have killed Wayne Pratt, but it seemed unlikely. Another gas station attendant had been shot with a thirty-eight in Racine just a few months ago. Two of the men had been in Joliet prison during the Racine murder, so couldn't have been them. But all four were free by the time that Pratt was killed. So these guys were looked into, probably weren't these guys. These were probably just gas station robbers, not gas station killers. A month after the murder, Leeds had been tracked as far away as Los Angeles with no success. A string of gas station murders had happened in Michigan. One man in Detroit was arrested and even had a newspaper clipping of the Wayne Pratt murder in his possession. But he was not the guy. May 1964, this is almost a year later now, Terry Casperson was picked up for the stabbing murder of Eleanor Katz in Wausau. Authorities questioned if he had been involved in the Pratt murder or the murder of a Black Creek woman in December of 1963, which we'll probably cover at some point. Casperson had formerly been an inmate in the Oshkosh Asylum, not the same guy right, that they checked out earlier. He had been he had been in the asylum for attempted suicide. So there's all kinds of stabbings going around going on around the around the state in, in so Michigan. It, and in the 60s, they would lock you away if you tried to commit suicide. Yeah, I mean they still do that. Do they? Yeah. You never heard of like being put on like a seventy-two hour hold? Well, yeah. Oh, I yeah, like a seventy-two hour hold. But I the way you made it sound, it sounded it sounded like they had locked him away for years or something. Because no, it was, I mean it probably wasn't years, but just yeah. just under observation. Yeah. Or whatever. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense. Okay. December nineteen sixty-four. So now we're about a year and a half after the original one. Gas station attendant Richard Sigler was shot dead in Fond du Lac. By the end of 1964, at least 75 people were questioned in the Wayne Pratt murder, and 25 of those were given lie detector tests, and they all passed. So we've got a guy shot and killed in Racine. we got a gas station attendant shot and killed in Fond du Lac. we got a guy stabbed 53 times in Nina Oshkosh, whatever. So a whole string of people working at gas stations... Um, not, not great, apparently, in 1963, 1964, to be working at a gas station. In Wisconsin. In Wisconsin. Uh, the case grows cold. So if you were expecting a positive end to this story. No, we no, don't get it? We don't get it. No. So it, to, to this day, it's still unknown. Who it killed. is still unknown. So we fast forward all the way to 2015. So... You know, almost 50 years later. A detective with the Winnebago County Sheriff's Department says, there's one person who is our main focus. So they have a suspect. His body is exhumed in in 2015, and a second autopsy is performed. I don't even know what's left after 50 years, but yeah. a second autopsy is performed. DNA samples were taken, but the test proved inconclusive. The deterioration over the past five decades, created difficulties in terms of scientific testing. 2015, not not very helpful. Jump ahead to 2018. The Pratt case remains a focus of the sheriff's department, despite the lack of physical evidence and the failure of the DNA. Quote, It is on our radar, said the detective. We have actively investigated leads that came in just this past year. They have submitted DNA to more labs that they hopefully could do better testing because apparently even between 2015 and 2018, DNA got better, you know, they what they could do with it. But again, was not helpful. The detective says, who's to say it in the next five to 10 years that something might develop in terms of enhanced testing procedures? 
It's amazing how rapidly it changes. The detective said that the publicity to the case had been beneficial. Keeping it in the public eye has generated leads for us. It has led to people coming forth with new information, but nothing has materialized that has resulted in the arrest. So at this point, they have a suspect. I'm guessing that whoever the suspect is must still be alive if they're still actively trying to actively investigate. I mean, the guy at this point would be probably 80 years old, but, uh, you know, that's still something. And they've determined that, like you said, it's probably not a robbery. And it's most likely that the killer was somebody that he knew. I would say so. And they come to this conclusion based on two things. One, he stabbed 53 times, which is either a complete maniac or somebody who hates you really Really bad. bad. Yeah, (laughs) he's got quite the grudge against you. Yeah. Um, And two, because he was found with a blanket over him. And this, I don't know how much you know about uh, true crime, but for people who follow true crime, this is sort of a thing that like... A lot of times when you kill somebody that you know, you will cover them up afterwards. It's just some sort of natural reflex that people have. Like if you kill a stranger, you don't care. You just throw them in the ditch, whatever. But if it's somebody that you know, you just suddenly must have this moment where you're like, oh my God. And then you cover them up for decency or whatever. Mm-hmm. So because of that, because of that blanket, there's this thought that, oh, this is somebody that knew this guy at a really personal level. On top of the fact that obviously it was, they knew them well enough to be that angry with the guy. You talked about like a, a string of killings around this time of yeah, station employees. Yeah. Is there any evidence that you have found that suggests that you kind of applied that these could all be interconnected, could possibly be the same guy? I don't think it's the same guy. I don't think it's the same guy. There's They just happened. I mean, they, they looked into all that about it being the same guy and it doesn't seem to be the case. It's just that for a couple of years there, for whatever reason, if you worked at a gas station, especially a small gas station, and it's late at night, you were a target. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but could it be, like you said, there was the one in Michigan where the guy actually had an article of mm-hmm. this guy's um, murder yeah. in his pocket. I yeah. Mean, could it be copycats? Could I be mean, copycats. I don't know why you would want to copycat that, but I mean, but. this is this is a different this is a different time. Um, you know, I can't speak to somebody's motives or whatever, but if you are the kind of person who is okay with doing this, this is the 1960s. There's not closed circuit television everywhere. There's not cameras everywhere. I mean, if you can go to a station that's you know you got to pull off the highway a little bit. It's kind of dark out. There's a one guy running the place. I mean, whether you're there because you're committing robbery or you're there because you're okay with shooting a guy, whatever it is that you're there to do, I mean, you can get away with it. It's it's a lot easier to yeah, get away with. It's a lot easier to get away with. I mean, so it, I don't know what specifically made gas station attendants the target at this specific point in time, but... I mean, if that's the kind of thing you're going to do, it's a logical choice. Yeah, and that's probably the exact reason why they were the target at the time is because, you know, they were just inherently in a unsafe yeah. job. Yeah, you know? as, opposed, as opposed to robbing a bank. Now, robbing a bank, I mean, again, there's still probably not even cameras in banks in the 60s. I don't know. I could be wrong on that. But, but, they're not but gonna there's going to be, gonna be a, you know, a half dozen people in there. 
Yeah. And there's not go- they're going to be near, they're going to be within cities. It sounds like yeah. this guy was kind of in between two cities, which response time from police is going to yes. be slow. Right. And and they're probably going to be much better lit because they're going to be in a city. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I don't I can't speak to the other the other places that were hit up and down the, you know, the stretch there cuz I haven't looked into them that much yet. But for this one in particular, I mean, yeah, it was the only, well, his house and the gas station. Gas station they was the only thing within like a half mile. Yeah. So, so. yeah, I mean, it was, there was nobody there. There's, there's him, his wife, and like his two-year-old son. Well, that's a sad story. It is a sad and it's story. All, man, you're just- Well, they're a, all sad stories. They are all sad stories. You're right. I am sorry to everybody that we talked about before this because, yeah, you're right. They're all sad stories. But this one- 53 times that is yeah. awful. Well, yeah. And so so this one, I mean, a uh, little little disclaimer at the end. Um I don't know how often we're going to have to do this, but for this one, if for some reason you know something about this, uh if you uh have heard your parent, an older friend or maybe you're maybe you were the person yourself maybe I shouldn't assume that we don't have 80 year old people listening maybe we do mm-hmm. if you know anything at all please contact the Winnebago <laughs> County Sheriff's Department <laughs> at 920-236-7336 wow and he's even gotten the number typed out for you yeah but yeah I do is. yeah I do because I mean the chances are that that someone's going to listen to this and we're going to solve the case I mean pretty unlikely but you know if somebody heard this was like oh yeah i know about that yeah please and and it's definitely within the time frame where somebody could be listening that was around at that yeah i mean 60s are before my time but if you're 70 80 years old you might remember it clear as day yeah all right well i think that one wraps this one up unless you got something else no that's it for this all right well thanks everybody for tuning in gavin hit up some contact info sure the easiest way to reach me is through email at well not at but milwaukee mafia at gmail.com um on facebook it's facebook.com slash milwaukee mafia and I believe we now have the website up. Yep. The Fox Cities MM.com, which uh, really is just these these podcasts. But if you if you missed any earlier episodes, that's where you can find them. Yeah, and definitely give them a listen because all of them are really good so far. So Wow, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. And if you like this podcast, again, always please leave us a feedback on your favorite podcast player. And we will be back in two weeks with another episode. Thanks, everybody, and have a good one. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. Join us in two weeks for another exciting episode of Murder and Mayhem.